This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is Hemet. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. If you give $5 a month, you get ad-free episodes. Hello. Hi. And we're recording today because you're going on a trip tomorrow. I am. I leave town tomorrow morning. We're driving from Chicago to Denver, um, and we're going to be gone for like 10 days. If you are a resident of the greater Denver area, um, please meet uh, myself and the Godless Bitches of Denver in uh, Arvada at the Someplace Else Brewery on the 5th. That is this coming Thursday at 4 o'clock p.m., um, it'll be the godless bitches, me, my husband, my dog, some of my husband's friends from high school, and some of my friends from work. Look at you, big old party. Well, we know like six couples who've moved to Denver in the last five years, so we're just like <laughs> crashing at each of their places as we go around. I like it. Um, also, reminder that we are having a Chicago meetup uh, at Fat Cat in Uptown on August 28th at 5 p.m., um, and I'll Hemet will be at one. that one. And it'll be fun. I'm very, very excited about that. And that is the end of my announcements. All right. Uh, It's always interesting when I'm prepping stories for this and Uh then all the news happens the morning of. (laughs) That's the case with this story. Uh, Do you remember when Amy Coney Barrett, before she was on the Supreme Court, I think in 2017, she was nominated by Trump for a federal uh, judgeship Mm -hmm. on an appellate court. And so usually what happens is that's your entryway into the, if you want to get on the Supreme Court, let's get you on the mm-hmm. appellate courts. And then... It's the minor uh, leagues. It's the minor leagues. And as soon as you're on there, I don't care how long you're on there, mm-hmm. boom, and there's your nomination for the Supreme Court. So everyone knew what they were doing. They nominated her because they figured they had her in the bag mm-hmm. uh, with her beliefs, conservative beliefs. And none of that is surprising. They did it a lot of times right. under Trump. When she was being questioned, one of the things that came up during her confirmation hearing for not the Supreme Court, but the federal judgeship, is that she is Catholic. She worked at Notre Dame. And as a professor, she had written, like every professor does, she's written a lot of law review articles, Mm -hmm. journal articles. And some of them, for example, had to do with, you know, how can Catholic judges... Um, rule on certain cases, like the death penalty, for example, if their beliefs go against what the law says. Mm -hmm. And can you, do you just follow the law, even if it violates your beliefs? Is there a way to like square that circle or something like that? Mm -hmm. And so the point is, I'm not even dissecting that article. The point is, she's written a lot about what do you do if your faith conflicts with the law sure and so it seems to me like it's a fair line of questioning to ask someone like that Mm -hmm. well how would if you are on the bench Mm -hmm. what are you gonna do when your faith contradicts what the law says like the right answer would be it's not about my personal beliefs i will do what the law says Mm -hmm. it's the joe biden situation i don't care what he believes about abortion i care about what policies he supports right and biden is pro-choice when it comes to policy right i don't care what he thinks about abortion so anyway 
the now Senator Dianne Feinstein, the Democrat from California, who is very old and not very good and no. should retire right yes. now, while there's a Democratic governor who can replace her, yes. was one of the questioners. And she asked that question, but she did it stupidly. And the thing that she said <sighs> that the conservatives would clip out of context and use forever mm-hmm. is she said to Barrett, the dogma lives loudly within you. <laughs> which is a stupid way of saying a thing that actually had a good point, which is we know you take your faith seriously and we're mm-hmm. worried mm-hmm. that it may override what the law says to do. Right. That's what she meant by that. Right. But the way she said it, obviously that's not a good quotation. Mm-hmm. Okay. When that happened and when Feinstein asked that question, Republicans tried to make it a big deal. Like how dare they go after her religion? Yeah. Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana, a super conservative senator, said in a statement, actually, when, she, when Coney Barrett was nominated for the Supreme Court and they had a separate confirmation hearing, he said to her about that old exchange, I know it must hurt for someone of deep Christian faith like yourself to be called a religious bigot and to have it implied that because you are a devout Christian that you are somehow unfit for public service which is not what anyone what said. said. Uh, but also Kennedy's a jerk and that's what he does. Yeah, no, he's a monster. So here's why I bring all that up. Okay. Right now, Joe Biden nominated a guy named Hampton Dellinger, oh. uh, a lawyer. Oh, what a fancy gentleman. Uh-huh. He, he nom- grew up on Cape Cod. <laughs> he nominated him for the role of U.S. Uh, Assistant Attorney General for Legal Policy which is a fancy title for a big position, but ultimately he's not writing the law. He's not announced. I'm sorry. He's not like judging. He's not a judge. Okay. Whatever. (laughs) But you are in the Department of Justice. You're working under the attorney general. So he has a confirmation hearing. That is happening now. So yesterday during his grilling, and by the way, I should say, this guy has support from Republicans. Like he would... I think the Republican uh, senator from his state is like, yeah, I like him. He's a good nominee. <laughs> like, he's going to get confirmed. I'm sure. not worried about that. But during confirmation hearings, God, conservatives exist to try to pinpoint why he's horrible. <laughs> All like this person, this one person mm-hmm. is going to break justice as we look the other way for the past four years. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm, so, what do you do if you're John Kennedy and you're going after this guy? Well, he brought up a tweet. That Hampton Dellinger made in 2019 when he was not working uh, for any government agency, uh-huh. just as a dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I should say he's a dude. He's he's like a high profile, big law firm. Yeah, sure. Like big, wealthy law firm. Sounds like whatever. a fancy man. Fancy man. Here's what he wrote when he's just working like for himself. Yes, there are some women. I- I'm going to. Here's what he said. Okay. He said. Who supports anti-abortion policies? It's primarily Republican men. Right. Um, Now, are there some women in the GOP who also are anti-choice? Yes, there are. Are there there any pro-choice Republicans? Very few. And he's like, and you know what? There's some Democrats as well who are anti-choice, which is also true. Right. So here's what he wrote. Yes, there are some women GOPers. This is his tweet. This is his tweet. And a tiny number of Democrats who want government, not women, to control women's bodies. But if there were no Republican men in elected office, there would be no abortion bans. 
basically yeah. implying Republican yeah. men are the reason we have these anti-choice policies. Okay, tell me where the lie is. Exactly. He's totally right about yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> There's absolutely. nothing wrong with that. So here's what Kennedy wanted to do. He reads that tweet, and he wants to argue that, like, this line about these people want government to control women's bodies, not the women themselves. Mm. And Kennedy's argument is, as an anti-abortion person, he's saying, it's not that I want government to control your body. I am doing this because of my religion. I'm supporting the I fetus. I want to personally <laughs> control your body. That's kind of what he wants to say. He's <laughs> like, this isn't about, like, I want the government to control women. Yeah. It's because my religion teaches me the fetus is a person, well, and, women and are, that's different. Women are famously dumb, so it's really <laughs> good that he's in their corner. Right. And so that's kind of the argument Kennedy wants to make. Like, how dare you uh, imply that I'm not doing this out of my real f- religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. I have core principles here. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing this because I want the government. Okay, that's what Kennedy wants to argue. It has nothing to do with it's this guy's qualifications so for the job. Specious. It's so false on its face of like, oh, I don't want the government to control you. Then what do you, what yeah, do you it, think you're doing? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Because if even if you say, I have a religious argument for the fetus yeah. living, yeah. the end result is the government can get in the way of right. a woman getting her abortion. So Either way, the, you're taking the, the choice out of the woman's hand. Like, I kind of want Dellinger to just be like, I mean, I'm right. <laughs> so, okay, I mean, but yes. here's what Kennedy asked actually said after reading that tweet. And this is, when did he say this? This is at the hearing? At the hearing. He reads that tweet to Dellinger. Uh He basically makes this argument that, you know, some of us have religious beliefs. Mm, Okay, mm -hmm. here's what he says. I'm quoting him. Uh, Dellinger says, I I wasn't attacking your faith, basically. I wasn't saying this, that you're not doing this out of a place of religious principles or anything like that. Kennedy says, well, then why'd you say it in front of God and country? You said every Republican, other than the ones that you like, have their position on abortion because they're misogynistic. Do you believe in God? (gasps) (laughs) He goes on to say, a lot of people have faith. Did it ever occur to you that some people may base their position on abortion on their faith? No, it literally never occurred to me, sir. Yeah, it never occurred to the rich guy from the fancy school at the big (laughs) law firm that some people might have religious reasons for being anti-abortion. But again, let's go back for a second. Let's do. Do you believe in God? To which Hampton Dellinger, who I'm sure caught off guard for a second, Uh, says, I'm going to quote here, Senator, I have faith, I believe, and then he's cut off by Kennedy, who goes on. But... What, what the hell is up with that question? See, when <laughs> when people talk about the first first amendment violations or the, the the one that says no religious test for public office. Yeah, like which is not that's article something else who cares. It's not the first amendment. But yeah, there's why are you asking someone about their religion? Because this is coming from John Kennedy, Imagine. the same guy who got mad when Democrats asked a totally legit question about Amy Coney Barrett's religion and how it related to her interpretation of the law. Was it supposed to be a gotcha question? No, I I don't even think he cared about the answer. I think what if I give him the benefit of the, benefit doubt. Of the doubt, what Kennedy was saying is, do you believe in God? Because there are people who believe in God who have religious reasons for opposing abortion. Right. But the way he said it is, do you believe in God? Then he pauses like he's waiting for an answer. It, like it's not a rhetorical question. Right. It is a question he is and expecting a, an answer And Dellinger to. was like, I do. 
and I'm sure he wanted to continue, but it doesn't matter. It's this isn't uh, yeah. about that. But again, just, what did he go on to say when he interrupted him? Just kept. Ra- Do you think he like knew he fucked up and no, wanted I mean, to keep kept, going? Kennedy paused. Waited for the answer, which I'm sure he knew was going to be, yes, I do, but... Mm. And then Kennedy's like, well, a lot of people have faith. But again, the question, what the hell? If Not a even Democrat... are you religious. <laughs> yeah. If, what if he said no? What if this guy said then that no? would be our entire episode. Which, by the way, would still... The quotation would still... Yeah, that would be the whole episode. I mean... <laughs> the, it wouldn't even matter because that's not the substance of the tweet Kennedy was mad about. Right. But like, I kind of want to know how, if that would have had an impact of any sort, uh-huh. uh, the reaction generally online from at least, I mean, liberal sources is like, why are you asking that? Right. I get that you want a grandstand during a confirmation hearing. Of course. That's what all the Republicans do. Everybody that's what Democrats do too. C-span. Everyone is grandstanding here. But again, that question, when you got mad at Democrats, I mean, I think uh, Mark Joseph Stern, who writes about law for Slate, put it this way. The GOP position appears to be Democrats aren't allowed to ask Republican nominees any question that might tangentially relate to religion, even if the nominee has said their religion informs their views. Mm -hmm. But Republicans can impose a religious test on Democratic nominees. Like I would I would actually not go that far. Because I don't think Kennedy was imposing a religious test because I don't think he cared about the answer. No. But the fact that he asked that question and paused like he wanted to know, this guy couldn't possibly understand what religious people are thinking when it comes to abortion unless he's one of us. Yeah, like I that, mean, I feel like oh. he was getting ready to, like, no true, no true Scotsman him and be like, oh, you believe in God, but you murder babies yeah, every something. day. That doesn't sound like any Christian I know. And by the way, uh, Stern from Slate also added, Kennedy did not point out uh, two things that I think are relevant here. Seven ministers sent the Senate a letter in support of Dellinger's nomination because they like his work. He he worshipped at some of their churches, by the way, not that it matters. Right. Um, Also, he helped combat, as a lawyer, uh, when he worked for the North Carolina Attorney General's office, he helped combat a wave of arson against black churches. Hmm. This is not an anti-religious guy, but guess what? Even if he was, who cares? That's not what he's there to do, impose his beliefs on anybody else. Just to really quickly, American Atheists weighed in on this. A senator demanding to know whether a nominee believes in gods, plural, interesting, is a disquieting attack on the tens of millions of Americans who, in fact, do not. Sorry. Just such an atheist bullshit totally thing of pluralizing. It. Is it a lowercase g too? Damn right. Oh, it is. they love that shit. Uh, they went on. Mr. Dellinger deserves a sincere apology for being grilled about his religious beliefs. Something that in no way would impact his ability to lead the office of legal policy at the Department of Justice. Uh-huh. Uh, Americans United for Separation of Church and State said that's a flat-out violation of our Constitution's promise that there is no religious test for public office. Mm-hmm. It's also grossly hypocritical to witness Senator Kennedy, who claims to be a champion of religious freedom, so blatantly deny that freedom to others, <laughs> which, again, I would just back up and say, that's, I don't think that's what he was doing. I don't think he was looking to say, oh, you're a Muslim, I can't vote for you. You're an atheist, I can't vote for you. Yeah. I think he was trying to get at a bigger point. But again, I think the fact that he thought that question was a legit thing he could say to make a larger point, whereas if a Democrat asked that to any Republican nominee, it would be Fox News coverage for the rest of the week. 
Um, that's the point that really bothers me a lot. I, again, I think this guy will get confirmed. I don't even think it's a controversial pick. Right. It's just one of those like, oh, the fucking Everything hypocrisy about circus. these people. Everything has to be their grandstand moment, their their sister soldier moment. Like, they love it. Oh, they love grabbing that spotlight because they're so boring. Now their policies are they boring. They have nothing else to they do at those hearings. They have nothing else to do. You can only bang the abortion drum so many times before we're like, oh, we get it. You hate women. Uh, By the way, these are the same people that are like, hey, you're looking at a tweet from way back. They pulled the tweet from 2019 when yeah. he was not working for yeah. the government, I don't and, believe. And nor was the tweet at all inappropriate no, or untrue. It wasn't untrue. Or, like, if, if they were confirming me and dug into my Twitter <laughs> history, we're going to have some different things come up. Right. However, I mean, they did that to all the other uh, nominees, too, when Biden oh, nominated, like, potentially on-the-line people uh, who might have needed all the Democrats to vote in their favor to confirm them. Some, like, they were digging up old tweets. Some poor like, 19-year-old intern is just reading somebody's boring-ass Twitter feed, and it's, like, 90% of, like, baseball tweets and then pictures of their kids, and once in a while it's, like, Republicans <laughs> hate women. It's, like, ha gold. Gold <laughs> in this pile of boring, bland Which, by the way, shit. I don't even mind pulling out their old stuff that no, they wrote or tweeted if it's relevant to the matter, which, in this case, it's not. It's not like he said, I'm going to get in government and uh, yeah, I mean, do and, X, Y, Z. And to be clear, I don't. it's not that I don't think people should be held accountable for shitty things they say online if they say shitty things online. But, like, I, it, I don't know, man. I don't. Like, we just, I'm really, really, really tired of, like, gotcha and everybody. It's very mm-hmm. exhausting. And there's a difference between somebody said something truly horrendous 10 years ago versus somebody said something that was, like, okay then and not okay now. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know, man. So I'm that's so a good tired. segue to this. Here's a story from Ohio. Uh, there's a megachurch Crossroads Church in the city of Oakley near Cincinnati. Is Crossroads Church a... I was going to say chain. Is it a chain? Is it a, do they have <laughs> is that affiliates? What you call them? I'm sure it's a common enough Church name. It, it's like Burger King. Yeah, yeah sure. Exactly. Um, here's what they were trying to do. They wanted to have a guest uh, speaker, okay. which is not weird, at a church, and they invited a guy who works at a place called the Center for Christian Virtue. And they were like, this guy works at an organization that specifically mm. deals with LGBTQ issues. He then knows about the issues better than any of us, presumably. The word virtue is really uh-huh. like setting yeah, the when you call yourself in the back like of my neck. Up. The Christians for the American family. Right. Like you know, values. you know that's a code. Liberty yeah. values family. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. fine. It's Christian bingo. Just like, bring the words in any way you yeah, want. Yeah, that should be one of those like name generation yeah. <laughs> generators. <laughs> so they invited a guy named David uh, M A H A N, David Mahan, to speak to them. Okay, none of that on the surface is weird. Mm-hmm. I'm going to preface this by saying trigger warnings for the rest of this story. You should just skip ahead if, you, if you're if you not going to like can it. Can I skip ahead? Uh, no, <sighs> you don't get to. So they invited this guy to speak. And basically what he was talking about is, you know, LGBTQ issues are out of control. Liberals are going crazy with this stuff. And we as a church need to fight back. Here's what he actually said. And before I tell you what he said, I should tell you, the church has now removed his sermon from their website and Ooh. Facebook. All social they media. Them. They scrubbed it entirely. Uh-huh. The only version I could find was like a crappy grainy version on YouTube huh. that existed. Crappy video, but the audio worked. And I'm like, fine. All I need. And I'm going to read to you what, uh, here's what Mahan said. 
again, it's disturbing all around. And this is, again, he's saying this with a very calm voice. Like, this is just, he's used to this. This isn't a weird thing he's saying in his mind. Um, If you've got a child in here that's struggling with gender dysphoria, and you go over here to your clinic in this area, eventually you're going to get down to the brass tacks of, well, do you want a dead daughter or a live son? Which is his way of saying these centers are going to say, accept your son or daughter's transgender status, or you're going to lose that person, mm-hmm. basically guilt-tripping you into accepting that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but, but also, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes on. Okay. Because the reason oh, why no. so many kids are committing suicide is no. not because they're trying to conform themselves into a form that they can never become. Uh-huh. It's because nobody affirms a lie. Okay, wait, he goes on. Family, speaking to the church, think of a kid that has anorexia bulimia. She's 60 pounds soaking wet. Come in here talking about, I want to commit suicide because I'm fat. How do you respond? What is your loving response to that child? Simplification of an eating disorder. Yeah, that too. What do you say to that child? Uh, Affirmation? Or do you try to get her dysphoric mentality of herself to line up with her biological reality? Basically saying, if you had a child with an eating disorder, you would not just say, well, we just need to accept it as is. No, you would try to fix it. And that's what we should do to trans people. That's what he was saying in this sermon. That is not me taking that out of context. Like he was saying, if there's a trans child, you as a good Christian Mm -hmm. need to fix them instead of just affirming them. That's what he was saying. I mean, Sounds like a really short road into no longer having a kid either because of suicide or they are not going to want you in their life because fuck you. He also quoted later in the sermon, he cited scientific research from a place called the uh, Karolinska Institute in Sweden. Here's what he said. He said the study, I'm sorry, I'm paraphrasing here. He said the study concluded that people who undergo a complete transition, Mm -hmm. especially when they're young, have an increased risk of mortality from all causes, being hospitalized for psychiatric reasons, convicted of a crime, and committing suicide. Which, as many people could tell you, it's not because of the transition. It's because of you, sir. Yes, it's because of you. By the this way, is your doing. when that article first came out many years ago and Christians and right-wing groups started misinterpreting it for their own purposes, the author of the study literally did an interview where she was like, you're misinterpreting everything we did. That is not what we said in the study. Mm-hmm. That was not an argument against the transition. Oh, boy. Like, that's not what we were doing. But anyway, this guy quoted that. So. Last Sunday, there was a protest outside Crossroads Church. People were pissed off. Um, And part of the reason they were mad is because if you go on this church's website, Mm -hmm. they don't say we're anti-LGBTQ. They don't say we oppose same-sex marriage. They don't say we oppose trans people's existence. I presume they don't explicitly say that they are pro-gay. That is right. They don't talk about it. The only way you would know... And by the way, they make themselves out if you go on their website and stuff like, we're an inclusive church. We love everybody. Mm. And that's the thing. It's this very much a bait and switch sort of thing because a lot of, and we've talked about this for uh, uh, gay couples who Mm -hmm. belong to a church because they feel like it's accepting and welcoming. Mm -hmm. And on the surface, it totally is. They welcome you into the fold. They don't care if you're in a same sex, if you're openly gay. Right. But if you're getting married, 
They're like, we need to sit down and right, talk. Right, that's a different kettle of fish. Yes. And so that's what they were mad about. Like, look, it's one thing, I think one guy had a quote. This is one of the protesters. If this happened at, like, the Westboro Baptist Church, we wouldn't have a demonstration because their views are very well known. But many people think Crossroads is pro-LGBTQ because they want you to think they are. Like... That's the problem. Right. Of course they invited an anti-trans speaker because that's who they are. It's an evangelical church. Of course you don't expect them to be decent. Mm-hmm. They're awful to those people. They're awful to, on LGBTQ issues, but they try to hide it. Right. It's like all those bakers who are like, yes, I, I am a baker. Come buy stuff. Oh, Ooh, you not that it? one. Not, not to you. Can't have it from there. Like put up a sign that says we don't do gay weddings. No, just be explicit about the thing you actually believe. There's a website, Church Clarity, which we've talked about before. It's run by a lot of progressive Christians. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if it's still doing it, but it's around Church Clarity. But they basically said, we just want churches to be honest on these two issues that we find uh, problematic. One is LGBTQ issues. Do you affirm Mm -hmm. or do you reject it? And are you open about either of those positions. Sure. And the other one is, can women preach? Because that's a thing in a lot of churches too. <laughs> like the website says, we are not here to judge you. Mm-hmm. We just want you to be honest. Right. Because if you do have a position, then tell us what it is. Mm-hmm. If you genuinely say, we don't have any position on this, uh, then fine, just say it. So, uh, if you go there for this church, mm-hmm. it says their position is unclear because they don't say it anywhere but non-affirming, because based on the hints they do give, it's pretty not affirming. And this is a perfect example of it. So they were protesting because they're like, this church needs to be honest that it's Mm anti-trans. They're not. Look at what that guy just preached. Um, So like, just admit it. Yeah. That's what we're mad about. And so the church is now doing damage control, right? Like they don't want to be associated with that guy who said these horrible things. And isn't that always a thing of like, Oh, we, it's not that they do any research in advance to make sure somebody comes and <laughs> You does figured it. it out when I told you the group's name. Yeah, They dude. didn't even do any research Virtue? on this. Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> it was right there for you. The pastor went on stage on Sunday as the protests are happening, and here's what the pastor said to the, to the congregation. What was shared, I'm sorry, he didn't do it Sunday. He may have done it a couple days after the sermon was given. Mm. What was shared this weekend was never meant to hurt anyone. Oh. And we deeply wait, regret wait, that it did. Wait, wait, It wasn't meant to hurt anybody? Are you sure you literally just told us that all <laughs> trans people are liars and mentally ill? You're sure. Yeah. You're positive you didn't mean to hurt anybody. He added, this is a topic that warrants increased care and empathy, and we're sorry this and didn't happen. And I am physically happen. unable to demonstrate either of those emotions. I'm so sorry that I'm such a monster. He, he said in that same little speech, regardless of a person's sexual or gender identity, we love them and welcome them. Which again, no, you don't. You literally don't. You will welcome gay people or trans people in your he congregation, said, he, but also... Did he literally say gender identity? He said, regardless of a person's sexual or gender identity, we love them and no, welcome them. No, you don't. Them. No, you yeah. don't. No, you don't love these people. And I hate... Ooh, it really grinds my gears when Christians are like, I just love everybody. I'm just full of Christ's love for you and the grass. But <laughs> however, <laughs> I do think that Christ did a little whoopsie with you. So, but I love you. 
right. I love you. Even I love you, and that's why broken. I want you to be cis and straight all the time. I love you, and that's why you should do everything I tell you to do yeah. because that's what a good relationship. God is. loves you too, mm. and if you reject it, He's going to torture you for eternity. He will just, literally just, straight up love. murder you. Yeah. He'll stick a red hot poker up your nose, and <laughs> guess what? It will be unpleasant. <laughs> but you'll love him for it. But you'll love him um, for it because he loves you. That, that pastor Brian Tome said to a local newspaper that then asked about all the stuff that's going on uh he said to the reporter we should have spoken to the congregation about this topic in a more sensitive way yeah which again that's saying the problem wasn't the message it was the messenger Mm. which buddy no that's the dude wasn't the problem i'd argue (laughs) both are pretty bad and then wait here's what the pastor of the church goes on to say we aren't disavowing everything in the talk but there should have been adjustments, and it should have been from one of our pastors. Adju- we aren't disavowing adjustments everything. Adjustments to his talk? They're like... Had, like he, they should have line edited Had one of speech? us said it, we would have said it more nicely, but we invited this outsider, <sighs> and he was kind of a dick about it. He's right, but we should have said it, because, you know, we know how to deliver that message yeah. to our congregation. Uh, and then he goes on. This is the same pastor. People will be upset because we're not going to say exactly what they want us to say, as in, like, we're speaking about the Bible. Do you ever notice that you do a really condescending Christian voice when you read Christian yes, quotes? Yes, and I do it on purpose. I really like it. It makes me super happy. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it sounds like, you're, <laughs> sounds like you're a black guy in 1980s comedy doing a white guy voice. <laughs> <laughs> that is my favorite it, it, form of humor. Is that really Dave, specific? Watching Dave Chappelle imitate a white guy, it will make me laugh it's every always time. always funny. It yeah. is always, always funny. Because it's so exaggerated Dave and Chappelle it's always the same. Dave Chappelle is also a transphobe, but he also is. it's very, but also he's pretty funny. Also the True rest things of the can stuff be is true. funny. Yeah. Um, oh boy. So. Life is complicated. That's that church. Let's talk about Hobby Lobby. Oh my God. I love talking about Hobby Lobby. What did those nerds do this <laughs> time? All right. I need to give you some background to make sense of what happened this week. They, so the family, Hobby the Lobby green, is a the green family, the evangelical Christian family that founded Hobby Lobby mm-hmm. has a lot of money because they founded Hobby Lobby. Oh. Um, and they opened but up. But I thought Christians were supposed to be poor and humble. Uh, unless you're running a mega church <laughs> or a large company where. $5 for three ice- popsicle sticks. And then. Is that what they do? I don't know. I've, I've never been to Hobby uh, Lobby. I, mean, I go to Michael's like a lady. <laughs> I, went, I went there today. So the Green family opened up the Museum of the Bible years ago. In DC, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, in DC. I remember that. And again, this they were like. I, I'm saying this, not them. They were like, this ain't the Creation Museum or Ark Encounter. This isn't, we're presenting our view of the Bible to try to get you to convert. They're saying, the Bible is historic, and we want to show you the history of the Bible. But Christians are in an objective physically way. unable to be objective, is the problem with Christians. <laughs> if I had one complaint about Christians, it's that they've ruined the country. If I have two complaints <laughs> about Christians, it's that they're bad at objectivity, and yeah. they, like, they think that and anyway go ahead whatever that's all good so whatever their plan is we're gonna get actual artifacts sure. to show you the bible's real and how it was created yeah. and all that but in the past few years like they once owned over 5,500 artifacts that correspond to biblical stories or the way it was created or passed down and it turned out they were like all smuggled via a black market that may also fund isis Oh, cute. Um, they had to return it and pay a giant, like, $3 million fine. This is what I 
insane. Can't anybody do the tiniest bit of research before they they make terrible decisions? Hold that thought, because that goes on throughout all this. They had to return what they called a lunar Bible that was supposedly taken to the moon, because that's historic in 1971, because it wasn't the one taken to the moon. They were duped. I get anxiety when I have to return things to Target. Imagine The more famous examples, like they said, these are the Dead Sea Scrolls. These are the actual scrolls that confirm that the Bible was written. There were 16 of them. Mm -hmm. And remember, to their credit, they said, we are going to give all of this stuff to an outside investigator who said, yeah, I'll I'll look into this. I'll investigate it on a couple conditions. One of them was like, I do this. You have no oversight over me. You pay for my research. And by the way, this I'm going to release my final report. And make it public. You don't get to like, oh, like you don't edit get final. It, yeah, you don't get right? final edit. And what she said is, no, these are all forgeries. And everything they every had, single one. every single one was a forgery. And by the way, they also found out this is all another story. Uh, they had biblical fragments of ancient, like written on ancient papyrus, and it was on display in the museum. Turns out those were stolen from Oxford University. Like what? their entire museum is full of smuggled goods and stolen goods and stuff that is not real. Well, like they're just It's almost like historical artifacts aren't made to be somebody's plaything. Yeah. Like, and they're what I don't get is this family's wealthy as all hell, but they rely on the lowest black market scum like, "Oh, oh, these people think they can get their hands on oh this papyrus. God. Here's some money. See what you could do." And then later on it's like, "Turns out that dude got it cuz they stole it on the dark web i I don't know they like they showed up in like a mask and a black beanie and like a sack with a dollar bill on it this is above board that's what i think of every time i think of the museum of the bible like everything (laughs) in there is either like i'm not even this isn't even denying any historicity it's saying like the way you acquired all this stuff isn't how real museums work Uh if i mean theoretically if they're above board it's just shady unethical all at worst criminal and then In 2020, we found out that they had another thing. It was called the Gilgamesh Dream Tablet. (laughs) Um, Wait. (laughs) And this is where the Epic of Gilgamesh, which... Dream Tablet? The Dream Tablet. But, like, that's the cutesy name. But, like, this is where the Epic of Gilgamesh... is going to name their next tablet. (laughs) It's where the Epic was written. And a lot of the stories... In the Epic of Gilgamesh, talk about, like, there was a great flood. Like, the Bible stole the stories from Gilgamesh. A lot of the creation stories are taken. And so here's the actual thing, Mm -hmm. right? And so they have that tablet where Gilgamesh was written. And last year, last May 2020, uh, they bought it at auction for $1.6 million. Because they can do that. Uh-huh. Must be cool to be rich. According to the U.S. Justice Department, Uh they said, uh, this is actually owned by the nation of Iraq. Hmm. And basically, I know you bought it at auction, but it was stolen when you bought it. So, like, you don't get to keep it just because you bought it at auction. And here's the thing. The Green family, every time they get caught with the smuggled goods and these lies, they're like, look... Don't blame us. Blame every single person we're dealing with. (laughs) We don't hire the best. Like, don't blame us. It's like the 97,000 people we gave money to to do all of our work. And so this time, like last May or last year, when the U.S. Justice Department is like, you don't get to have this. They turned over the the Gilgamesh tablet Uh to the government. Um I should say it was written 4,000 years ago. Talks about the Great Flood, the Garden of Eden stories, because the Bible stole all those from there. Um, and agents from ICE 
Immigrations and Customs in Homeland Security. They seized the tablet from the museum sure. last year, and they said the museum's cooperating. They gave it to us because, like, it's not their property. Mm-hmm. And here's what happened this week. This is why we're talking about this story. This week, the government announced the next kind of big step in this, which is not we are just taking this from you to, to verify stuff and figure out what's going on. Sure. It's like, no, it's not yours anymore. The government now, oh, they seized it. It is now the property of the government, in theory, so they can give it back to Iraq Uh because that's where it belongs. Um, And here's what the actual uh, Justice Department official said. Forfeiture of the Gilgamesh Dream Tablet demonstrates the department's continued commitment to eliminating smuggled cultural property from the U.S. art market. Uh, Someone else. This forfeiture represents an important milestone on the path to returning this rare and ancient masterpiece of world literature to its country of origin. So it was legit. It was not a forgery. Oh, yeah. No one's arguing it's a forgery. It's legit. But it's not the green families to buy. Yeah. Uh, It's not that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And someone stole it from Iraq and put it up for auction. And this evangelical family's like, what do you got there? Here's some money. Give it to us. We got a museum. Uh, we have plenty of space because everything that was in there right, was right, taken right. away. We have a giant warehouse. <laughs> it's like they have the, the big warehouse from the end of Indiana Jones, but it's just empty. And yes. just a forklift driving around with a box. <laughs> I, I honestly, at this point, I'm wondering what's in the museum. I don't even, it's open. I don't know what's in there anymore because it seems like every story about this family and the museum, the Bible is just, uh, hey, everything that was in there, it's either not true, they stole it, it's, it's taken from people, like, that's brain, what they're doing with their money. it's just a bunch of, like, ho- free hotel Bibles that they're like, this one's from 1987. <laughs> yes. It's the most ancient copy of the King James Bible from a hotel we could find. <laughs> On the first page, someone's wrote in, once upon a time, and then... <laughs> and then there's dicks in all the margins? <laughs> I don't know, man. Like... How is any of this? And here's the thing. If their goal was like, we are not here trying to proselytize. We are here trying to show you the history of the Bible in the hopes that you will come to the Bible. Which I think every story about them is like, I can't trust anyone associated with the Bible or this family or Hobby Lobby. I feel the same about the history of the Bible as I do about like teaching religion in schools in so much of like, here's what. Islam is, and here's what Catholicism <laughs> is. Like, I think the history of the Bible would be a very dope and cool museum to it go to. It could be. It could be. If anybody bothered to do it right. Oh, finally, you had a sip of that fucking wine that you begged me for, Hemant. I need it. Hemant came in. He's like, I need it's wine. It's been a long week. Yeah. You and me both, brother. <laughs> okay, here's a, here's a smaller story. This is not epic, but I found it amusing. Is it petty? It's so petty, oh, and I great. love it. Uh, there's a pastor named Perry Stone who does a lot of YouTube stuff. He had a congregation. Perry he also Stone's I, a very cool name. Uh, he also, I believe, was accused of uh, harassing oh, God a bunch damn of it. women. Yeah, that's not the reason <sighs> I'm talking about. He's probably most famous because there was a clip a year or two ago where he's speaking in tongues to his congregation and checking his phone. Yes, and I absolutely. Colbert was making that. fun of it. Everyone made fun of it. It was great. Um, anyway, he's still doing his YouTube show. And he wanted to do an episode about how miracles were real. Sure. So he inv- and it was like a 15, 16 minute long. I would also long- love to do that episode. <laughs> yeah, right? It was a short segment. Yeah. But he invited a guy to his studio or whatever. His name was Nick Walker. He is a, a fellow preacher. And Nick Walker apparently has witnessed miracles. And oh, so Perry Stone was going to- Miracles gonna, plural. Yeah, many. So he's going to talk to this guy and get the story for his audience. Great. And 
Okay, so at one point, here's the story I want to bring up. Nick Walker tells a story about how he knew a man. He says the name of the man, which is a random name. Um, and he said this man's hand wasn't working properly. He said, quote, it had nerve damage that was so bad that he could not use it. Ooh. And the story was, then we baptized the guy, oh. and then boom, it's all oh working my God. again. Oh, he's doing close-up magic. <laughs> yeah. And he explains, like, God took control and fixed everything. Isn't that a miracle? <laughs> but, of course, that's not proof. I'm still that's laughing a story. at my close-up magic joke. <laughs> so here's the thing. Walker says, it's, you don't have to take my word for it. I have the x-ray from the guy. Because after he was you done. You can't see nerve damage on an x-ray. That is a very good point. Thank you. That's not the story, though. Uh, but you are right. I but he said, work for a hospital, so I am legally a doctor. Here's what he said. When we baptized, oh, he could not use his hand. Everybody saw this. Okay, then he gets baptized <laughs> and everything works. And now th- I'm quoting Nick Walker. Now, this is on a Sunday. After church, he walks to this hospital and he walks in and he says, I want to be rescanned. I want you to rescan me because God has healed me. I don't think you understand. I've been healed and I, I want to have it documented. I want to know. And the doctor says, well, how about you let me x-ray that hand? And if your hand has any kind of difference, then we'll do a more detailed sure, thing. That's how, that's how doctors do. do. Yeah. You walk into a hospital, you say, give me an x-ray. And they do it. So anyway, I'm quoting from Walker again. Yeah. Here's Walker. They x-rayed his hand uh-huh. and what they found, and this is on the before and after that he was made of titanium. Was that the Lord had totally realigned his bones. Oh, I guess the guy had a thing where like his hands had webbing between them which some infants with mutations might have like their oh. hand, fingers don't spread apart like great uh, but also the nerves were damaged we were told and he sure, sure, couldn't sure. use them but bones the i'm sorry the the finger webbing is oh, i see joint. it like goes all the way yeah it's not just like how okay gotcha, you can't yeah. do a high five uh spreading of okay. the fingers you could make like a hand turkey yeah <laughs> and so he says now it's fixed so here's back to walker yeah uh the, looking at the x-rays he found that the Lord had totally realigned his bones, closed the gaps, and then in other scans... Which, closed the gaps? Yeah. And in other scans, they found that the nerves were totally restored, not in the x-rays, but in the more specific type of scans. And he was able to use his hand again. And the doctor said, I've never seen anything like this. Okay, so as he's saying all this, on screen, if you watch the YouTube video, uh-huh. you, see, I will not. you see four pictures x-rays, like the hand four different times. Uh-huh. And it looks like uh, a yeah, normal hand. hand. Like, yeah. all right, I guess that looks like a working, normal hand. Um, and that's supposedly the after picture. Like, look, it's normal. Look, Though, look, it's what a hand does. That's what a hand does. But, okay, so that's kind of where they left that story. Look, isn't that proof? Isn't that amazing? So here's the questions people should be asking when you hear that story. Um, how come we only see the after picture? We oh, never we saw the oh, before. Wait, when you said there was four pictures. There's four shots of the of, same hand, theoretically. I see. But, but it's all the be- after not pictures. Not a before and after. I not see. a before okay. and after. So it's like, well, what did the before look like? How come the dude's Probably name. pretty fucking similar. How come the dude's name isn't on the x-ray? It just says figure one. How come, like, how do I know this is the right Did anyone do your reverse image search? Uh, you did, didn't hold you? Hold that thought. <laughs> How come he didn't know the doctor's name or the hospital's name? How come we can't check up on this? Do we know the patient's name? Uh, we do. I looked that up. It meant nothing. It okay. show, Nothing showed up. Okay. Was it like John Johnson? Something like that. I think I do have a name. The name is, I want to make sure. Oh, Jacob Stanley. Yo, yeah, yeah you're not finding you're not that finding dude online. Um, I My best friend's name is Leo Wilson. <laughs> you don't find her anywhere. I didn't do the reverse image search, but uh, Kyle Mantila at Right Wing Watch yeah. uh, must have done that. Sure. But what he found is that the exact same image, figure one, four hands, 
is from a 2018 yes, 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 scientific yes, yes, reports yes, yes, article, yes, yes. which yeah, is published yeah, yeah. by the journal Nature. Like, not even an obscure random place, but a very famous science journal. And the four pictures are not four of the same hand. Is it four different hands? They are four different hands, which when if you actually look at the pictures, it's like, well, yeah, they are differently shaped. And <laughs> different sizes. Uh-huh. They are four Chinese children who suffer from something called <laughs> Cashin-Beck disease. And those four pictures are not of an older dude who got baptized. They are Chinese kids ranging from a seven-year-old boy to an 11-year-old girl. And by the way, Cash and Beck disease has nothing to do with nerve damage or withered hands. They're so bad at this. What's Cash and Beck disease then? It's a serious disease that has nothing to do with what this dude had in the story <laughs> is the answer. By the way, so I reach out to Nick Walker Ministries on Facebook and I'm like, are you there? I got a question for you before I post about this. And I get a response like, we'll relay your question to him, basically. Like, what do you got? Uh-huh. And I'm like... Why are you lying about this? <laughs> that was that was earlier this week. I have not gotten a response back from them. Oh, it's so fucking funny. That was oh, his proof funny. of a miracle. Like, oh, it's glorious. It's not, it's, I, <laughs> I put more effort into cheating on papers in high school <laughs> than these guys did. Like, genuinely, how can they be so... Desperately bad at this. I, I, boy. It made me so happy to see Kyle's email where he's like, I think it's from this. I'm like, oh my God. That genuinely made my day. They didn't even remove figure one from the article. Like, that's the picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They took a screenshot of the damn thing. Christ, that's fucking hysterical. And they're like, this is how we. Also, I really need to reaffirm that, like, I don't think you can see nerves on an x-ray. I don't think you can they see... They did... So, I'll defend that where they said they did other scans that would show you that sort of thing, but the x-ray is the thing he was talking about. So, he doesn't get to talk about, look, sure. nerve damage is fixed. It's like, well, that's yeah, not the picture that would show. No, I, I just did a... Wrote a whole paper about... Or a, an article about how, like certain things are really hard to catch an x-ray and blah, 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 blah. And so, like, to me, that's just all, like, just red flag city population, this guy. Oh, boy, that's so fucking funny. Somebody found it. Oh, oh good times. God. Thank you, Kyle. They just, <clears throat> and I hope, hey, Kyle, let me know. Was it, like, the first result? Because that would make <laughs> me just deliriously happy if they like I, full on did like when your mom is putting clip art on a flyer and it's like, <laughs> oh, here's a house. That's perfect for our party. Like I feel like that's not even a gotcha. Like I want them to respond because I want them to say we fucked up because we just, we got this from, uh, here's the best case scenario for them. This guy who we thought was fixed, sent uh-huh. us this message, sent us a picture, or someone on his BF sent us a picture, and we thought it was real, but clearly we were wrong. Um, like, if you said that, I still think you're crazy, but like, okay, fine. I would accept if you just admitted, look, we got duped. I'm sorry for perpetuating that lie. We won't do it again. Well, churches don't have a history of updating their beliefs with new evidence, <laughs> so I'm not surprised. Yeah. 
<sighs> Let's talk Boy, about Mark. that was fucking funny, my dude. Let's talk about Mark Driscoll, who is absolutely not funny. What's he doing now? Yeah, so Mark Driscoll, if you can't remember. By the way, is we did... Is he the Purpose Driven Life guy? No. Which guy? Purpose Driven Life? No, who's... that's Rick Warren. Oh. Um, Mark Driscoll is the former head of a megachurch. Yes, yes, yes. And I just spoke a couple weeks ago. Uh, we did a podcast with the uh, guy who's behind for Christianity Today. He's doing mm-hmm. a podcast series about Mark Driscoll. And I listened to that, for As sure. As you should. And so anyway, Mark Driscoll, if you uh, need a refresher, this is a guy who planted uh, Mars Hill Church in Seattle. Big mega church. He grew it out of nothing. It became really big. Cool. The problem is uh, Mark Driscoll's basically a alpha male bully. And that kind is of... Is there a per- worse flavor of man? Imagine the religious version of like the Joe Rogan type body type attitude type but he's religious and he really wants purity culture to thrive or something does he do a lot of like in his car rants at the camera because that's sort of how i'm i'm imagining him kind of looking like fred durst in my head how does that how does that minus the hat he here's here's his look i'll give you his look okay it's it's jeans with the tucked in shirt and a sports jacket overhead oh Boy, that's a look, huh? Every time. So anyway. Is it like a graphic tee because he's hip? No, he's not that. He hates hipster preachers. (gasps) Yeah, no. So anyway, uh, he actually started, uh, I think he helped start a church. with the Christian church is hipster preachers. (laughs) He started a. guitar and sit backwards in their chair. (laughs) uh, He either started or was a big deal with the church planting network called Acts 29. So it was a organization built to start more churches like his Mm -hmm. in other places. And these are all known for being anti-gay, but welcoming to everybody, oh, that sort of thing. sure. Okay, so what do we know about Mars Hill? Nothing. This is a, uh, about Mark Driscoll. What we know about him is at one point when the church was starting and it had an online forum and everything, he would troll his own forums. And he said, using like William Wallace as his screen name. Oh, bro. At some point he said like women were penis homes. I, that was a phrase he used. You know who William Wallace is, right? Braveheart dude, okay. right? Yeah. yeah. Like just, he thinks he's he thinks he's fighting for freedom. I just genuinely don't know where your cultural and historical it's all references good. I've lie. I've heard that one enough. <laughs> At one point, he used money from Mars Hill, like the church's money, not his salary, yeah. to game the system and purchase multiple copies of his book about marriage from different places so they can make it to the New York Times bestsellers list, oh. which they did, but the New York Times put a giant asterisk next to it like say, he cheated his way here. But One he, of the Trumps did that too. Yeah, that's right. It's and such an embarrassing thing to get caught doing. He, oh, it's so embarrassing. He plagiarized parts of his book. <gasps> there's yep, there's sexism, there's provocative language. Is it weird I'm more stuff. angry about the plagiarism than sexism? I've co- <laughs> I've become used to sexism. Plagiarism, right? however, never. Um, and so anyway, it got the bullying about everyone at his church, the bullying that he did got so bad and his mm-hmm. actions were like no one can defend the shit this guy is doing and they know this is him under William Wallace eventually oh okay, eventually. okay that okay. wasn't even a big deal that was just like a are you trolling your own forum using a fake name it, that's weird speak, Mike Boudot <laughs> the guy from Sort and Scale does that shit all the time and it's so embarrassing yeah, for them just, just use it's your name so if you want to comment pathetic anyway they fired him like years ago from Mars Hill Church. They fired him a couple years Just ago. Just for being a creep? For being a creep and yeah. a dude who's not listening to anybody. Okay. And he had a board of elders who were like, we can't defend you and we need to kick you out. Okay, so everybody agreed this guy's a Everyone dick. agreed this guy was a dick and okay. they basically said, you got to step down. So yeah. he does the 
uh, sensible, like we're, we're going to take a leave. God's going to help me find a new direction. Da, mm, da, da. Mm-hmm. And then like, I don't know, a couple months later, he's like, we're moving to Arizona and we're starting a new church called the Trinity church in Scottsdale. Um, and here's the thing. He, here's how he changes up his style of oh, church. Sure. The old church had elders who looked over him, oversought, mm. oh, oh, provided oversight and to now, him. And now he's wearing V-necks under his And blade, now blazer. no oversight. There are no elders at this church. Oh, boy. Um, according to the tax returns, he because they filed them at one point when they started, he was making over $118,000 a year for what he's described as 25 hours of work per week. I was hoping um, it'd say per year, and I would have been like, yeah, dude, fucking live that <laughs> life. <laughs> the church's finances are not even known to many of the people who work there, so that's shady. Is that legal? Uh, probably. It's a church. They don't have to disclose anything. Oh, yeah. Um, but here's the thing. They also, if you work for them, you got to sign loyalty oaths. You got to sign NDAs, non-disclosure agreements. Oh, boy. Um, there are no checks to his power now, though. It's just a one-man show. Should I make more people sign loyalty oaths to me? Yeah, just in general. It's just a good practice. Just in general. I think so, too. I think we talked about this, but this is what this actually looks like in practice when you have one guy running the show and he has control over everything. I mean, this is George <clears throat> Lucas in the prequels all over again. <laughs> some people need a break. Yeah, some and some like people an need an emergency to break check on you. them. Yeah, exactly. Um, there was a family that began attending his church, and one of their sons began dating one of his daughters, which probably not unusual at a lot of churches if you have kids who are teenagers. Yeah. Um, word got back to Mark Driscoll. That the two of the kids that, that were dating, uh, who were, I am assuming, mid-teens, high school age, sure, maybe sure, sure. a little older, um, he got word that they kissed. He found <gasps> out somehow. With her lips? Uh-huh. And he went, like, batshit crazy, Good. drives the family out of the church. Perfect. Set, Reasonable. The, gr- the girl is 17. He gets into her email, sends a message to the boy saying, please delete all communication with her and social media wait, wait, that wait, pertains wait, 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 to wait, her. Wait, 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 stop for a second. Yes. He got into her email. He and has he control em- of her email. And emailed him from her email emailed, address. I don't know if he said, like, I'm Mark. You know it's me. Uh-huh. But it's clearly him. And he's like, you will not be writing to this email address anymore. Fuck, man. Um, he also, told, what teens email each other? Yeah, I know. Uh, he told... <laughs> DM like a kid. <laughs> he told church... Yeah, I'm sure that if she wants to talk to the guy, yeah, I'm sure like, there are Yeah, like, they'll be on WhatsApp or whatever kids <laughs> use these days. Um, Driscoll told church members, do not... Like, he shunned that family. Like, do not talk to them. Um, and by the way, it turns out he also hired a private investigator to track the boy's family. How old is this kid? Was this kid a minor? He's a teenager. By the way, that kid is making YouTube videos, and he makes YouTube videos about all of this shit going down, and are they're they, glorious. Are they good? They're good? They're fun. Like, is he... The kid seems normal. Yeah. And he's okay. like, holy shit, guess what they did now? <laughs> they're funny. As that hell. sounds like a bananas uh, watch. Anyway, that's not even the story. Here's the story. That's why I brought this up. It's not even the podcast, which... <laughs> Is going over, like, what's what's the story with this dude? Uh-huh, uh-huh. According to Christianity Today, 40 men who used to work at Mars, Hill's, uh, Mars Hill Church uh-huh. with Mark Driscoll, 40 guys who are not just church members, uh-huh. but, like, worked on staff, oversaw this guy, elders at this church, more than 40 now, have signed on to a letter saying, uh, I'm going to quote here from some of it, we are troubled that he continues to be unrepentant despite the fact that these sins have been previously investigated, verified, and brought to his attention by his fellow elders prior to his abrupt resignation. Mm-hmm. Accordingly, we believe that Mark is presently unfit for serving the church in the office of pastor. Hmm. Basically, all these people who used to work with the guy are saying, 
he shouldn't be your pastor either. This guy is crazy. Right. He's doing all the same things we knew he was doing. Right. And but we don't have any authority over him. So we're just saying <sighs> institutionally uh-huh. he should resign, which means absolutely nothing because no. Mark Driscoll can just find a way to say, well, they're all, I don't know, hellbound. The same way we generally asked for Trump to resign and he yeah. continually <laughs> denied us that. I, yeah. No one cares what your go uh, <laughs> right, exactly. change.org petition has to say. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. I've signed so many of those and they're but, all for like, bring the webcomic back. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that bothered me about this, uh, like I saw this and I'm like, well, I guess I'm glad they're speaking out and putting their name to it. That's yeah. not, nothing. It's not nothing. But also, where the hell were you when he was at Mars Hill? You guys treated him with kid gloves yeah. the whole time. Because even now, in the letter that they're writing today, look at this. This is in the same letter saying he should resign. There, uh, our hope is not just to point a finger. Our hope is to protect people and by the Spirit's work that Mark would respond why aren't you pointing fingers? Why do you think he's going to respond in a mature way and resign? Why would you know this guy? I Why guess, do you think he would now suddenly do the right thing? It's like all those people are like Susan Collins will vote against this for Have you seen her? Fuck She's Susan not going to do the right thing. Susan Collins is on my shit list. I fucking hate Susan Collins. But not but and why are these guys seem like afraid of him do you think they are they're all afraid of this dude even now and by the way christianity today said this is signed by whatever almost 40 people at the time they said like another couple dozen men agreed with the letter but they didn't want to put their names to it because they genuinely fear mark driscoll's wrath real heroes of our time you know um according to warren throckmorton uh, a fellow blogger 39 people at the time had signed the letter 26 men declined to sign it for their own reason and they declined to sign it according to warren um they feared legal or other kind of retaliation from Driscoll or fear of jeopardy to their current ministry or other job some worried about the emotional toll of public involvement which I do understand. Yeah, but fair. also, where were you guys when you had oversight over Mark Driscoll? And you, tre- I mean, they also added an attachment to this letter that they, open letter that they wrote. Mm-hmm. And the attachment was like the results of their investigation into the guy after he resigned. Like they released the results of their own investigation. Uh-huh. And it said Mark Driscoll was quick-tempered arrogant and domineering. Those were three reasons they were urging everyone in church leadership to, to basically fire him. Mm. And then he's like, well, before you can do that, I'm resigning. But like, you can't fire me, I quit. That was written after he resigned. And it was only after he resigned that they made it public to their own congregation. And the whole thing was written in Christianese. It said, we don't expect Mark Driscoll to be perfect. And we say all this with a heavy heart. We don't heart. expect him to be a literal monster. <laughs> they said it said with a heavy heart. And all the members of this board love Mark Driscoll oh, deeply. Sure. Like, no wonder no one took you seriously because you're too afraid to just call out his bullshit at the time. Oh. And guess what? He's now in another state where he's doing the exact same thing again with less oversight. Mm-hmm. So, like, what do you want me to do with this letter? Do you want me to be impressed that you wrote it? Because I'm not impressed by it. They are and have been enabling this man. And it's not like they're enabling him to, like, self-destruct. There's no way this guy hasn't taken more advantage of his power than what we've seen. Right? Like, if you are 
Yeah, I mean, he went a from teenager for <laughs> kissing another teenage girl that he's dating. That he's dating. Yeah, that is not the first time you have crossed. She like, boy, oh boy, these people. I'm uh, fucking telling you. Let's talk about Facebook. Uh, Facebook announced. Uh, the New York Times reported this week that a number of Christian churches are now partnering, officially partnering with Facebook to expand their outreach. Um, and this is what the story says. They, they focused on one church in particular called Hillsong, which is oh, a Hillsong. huge mega church. Yeah. Uh, we talked about it because the affiliate in New York had a pastor named Carl Lentz who had basically a, an affair that went public and he had to resign for moral misgivings and Justin Bieber attended Hillsong in New York. Hmm. And it's hmm. a very hipstery popular yeah, with the young. And he's doing great, so <laughs> keep up so, the good work Hillsong. Yeah, so anyway, they said Facebook div- I think they were talking to a Hillsong affiliate that was starting in Atlanta. Okay. So big church, they're going to start there. This is from the New York Times. For months, Facebook developers met weekly with Hillsong and explored what the church would look like on Facebook and what apps they might create for financial giving, video capability, or live streaming. When it was time for Hillsong's grand opening in June, the church issued a news release saying it was partnering with Facebook and began streaming its services exclusively on the platform. Beyond that, (laughs) Pastor Sam Collier could not share many specifics. He had signed a non-disclosure agreement. Which, okay, I, the question is, how should we feel about Facebook trying to, I mean, they're partnering with churches, which is bad for a few reasons. One is, we know churches spread misinformation. That's the mm, point of atheism. Yeah. Like, it's calling that out. But also, Facebook spreads misinformation. And if they're partnering with these churches, I think part of what that has to mean, if I'm Facebook here, is if people make donations to your church through Facebook, because we made it easy for you, Facebook's taking a cut. That's yeah. the way they're making money off of this. Yeah, that's where they always do That is do my speculation. I don't know that for a fact. But also, if you're partnering with Facebook, like, I'll just tell you anecdotally, my Facebook page for Friendly Atheist has, mm-hmm. like, I think 575,000 followers. Mm, yeah, our I podcast one if, has, like, 500 yes. And followers. if I post <laughs> something on my website, I think three people see it, because I'm not advertising. So, like, I... I have a lot of followers, but no reach. And I wonder if when it says partnering with Facebook, like... Are you just humble bragging about how popular you are? No, no I'm not. That's my point. Like, <laughs> if I'm the Daily Wire or Ben Shapiro sure, sure, sure. With, with many more followers, mm-hmm. but their stories, because they generate outrage all the time and they've perfected that, mm-hmm. they reach everybody on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of other creators I know, because their blogs or their YouTube channel, they have a ton of followers. But if they post something the number of likes or shares or anything is really small. And it's clear that no one, even their own followers, do not see their content on the newsfeed. I see. That's the point I want to make. But oh, if okay. you're partnering with Facebook here, I wonder what that means. Like, the church gets to spread its message to everybody. And, like, if you're going to the church and you're a member, now your friends might get might see your feed, something like that. So yeah. if you're talking about spreading misinformation, Facebook is finding a new way to spread misinformation. What if you're that Ohio church we talked about earlier with the transphobic uh, dude speaking there? They just got a new way to spread hate speech. Like, that's the thing that I'm troubled by. I actually get why Facebook would want to partner. By the way, it's yeah. not just Christian churches. They yeah. said they're doing this with mosques and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, synagogues and all that. Maybe not as many. But they're, it's not a uh, Christian-only thing. 
But my concern is like when you have the biggest source for spreading misinformation, working with churches, which actively spread bad information, like that's not a good mix for the world. Listen, I get why you are generally down about this partnership, but like it's really hard for me to find anything here that like anybody did wrong. Oh or, no, or, I am not saying there's anything illegal. Or... I actually get it from a business sense. Sure. I am concerned. I, I also want to know like what are they not telling you in these NDAs? What is part of your deal with Facebook that you cannot mm-hmm. tell the public about? It's one thing if it's like, let's talk about the money. If people donate, you gotta give Facebook 10% of the okay, fine. I get why that's under the NDA. But I don't know what else they're trying to hide. Like, do you get information about who's seeing your church sermons? Who's watching the I videos? Mean, that should be that- easy enough to figure out. Like, if you follow, if uh, man, uh, uh, never mind. I don't it's, know how Facebook. Facebook works. has policies saying if you post something that we consider hate speech, we're going to take it down. We oh, may suspend you. I've what been happens, in Facebook jail uh, many times. What happens when a pastor says God doesn't want you to be trans? God doesn't want you to be in a same-sex marriage. Um, Does that stuff get amplified now Mm, instead of punished or demoted to the point where no one gets to see it? But the thing is like... I don't know the answer to that. No, I don't either. But the thing is like, if you look at... Do you follow that Twitter feed that's like top 10 Facebook engagements? Yeah, and it's like Dan Bongino and Ben Shapiro all the time. It's always 14 Ben Shapiro things. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to be mad about this one. My heart can't stand it no more. Fair enough. Yeah. I'll give you, uh, there's a couple more quick ones here. This is also from today. Uh, A Canadian priest, we've talked about those residential schools, these cultural genocide factories where they took indigenous kids. Oh, God, we're going to talk about that asshole again? Uh, No, different asshole. I hated that guy. Oh, a different asshole. Yeah, they found multiple mass graves at the sites of these schools where Mm -hmm. they didn't take care of these kids. They left them for dead. They unceremoniously buried them. A Catholic priest named uh, Father Real Forrest, uh, who works at St. Emil Roman Catholic Church in Winnipeg in Manitoba, he gave a sermon this month that people just kind of found out about because no one's watching it. Uh, <laughs> he gave a sermon where Winnipeg. he basically uh, called out the survivors of those uh, residential schools Uh-oh. for saying, yeah, it was an abusive, dangerous place. And here's what the pastor, here's what the priest said. No. If survivors wanted extra money from these settlements that the government made with them, from the money that was given to them, they had to lie sometimes, lie that they were abused sexually and, oop, another $50,000. It's kind of hard if you're poor not to lie. Um, and then he said, he acknowledged that if you had bad treatment, but some of that was not due to nuns or priests, but to the night watchmen, like the police who were watching them. Where is he basing that off of? Uh, whatever is in his ass. He pulled it <laughs> and he said it. And of course, like, no, there's not enough. Like the CBC pointed out very clearly, there are 37,951 claims for injuries resulting from abuse at these residential schools uh-huh. that have been received. This is from 2015. It's probably Jesus. a lot more now. Uh-huh. Um, they're not all lying. <laughs> and the people implicated in the abuse include... But honestly... Uh, go ahead. Staffers, nuns, priests. It's not the cops who show up who have nothing to do with the Catholic Church. That's the thing, though, of... I, I mean, largely of Don, how Donald Trump treated the truth. But in general, that is the thing that I have seen no matter what is happening, whether it's... What did you say? Five... How many claims of mistreatment uh 37,000 37,000 claims of mistreatment or Simone Biles saying like she needs to withdraw from whatever everyone's just like they're, like their people's default is like lying yeah 
as if she was scared to lose. Yeah, she. That's not the issue, yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah, that. That's the deal. My a guy. I got in the <laughs> dumbest Facebook argument that a guy was like, "Well, now she's gonna get all the attention." And I was like, "More attention than she got being the best gymnast who's ever lived." Because I think she has her fill on attention. If there's one thing we know about the best athletes in the world, it's that they don't want to win. Oh my god, <laughs> that's such a good quote. <laughs> Yeah, Naomi Osaka was like, I don't want to compete at Wimbledon. What? No. Of course they want to play and they want to win. I've been working all my life, but now I see slightly more negative attention at me, and that sounds more fun. (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, One last. Yeah, I'm sorry. Finish. Oh, boy. I don't remember what we're talking about. All right. Let's finish up with the last story here. Uh, Greg Locke, our uh, frenemy minus, we're not friends. Uh, he's a Which hate preacher from Tennessee who basically yells out all of his sermons and he's Trump's id and he's just like, yeah, uh, every, everyone's out. No, we, uh, COVID isn't real. Is Tennessee? Yeah. Uh, Mount Juliet, Tennessee. Uh, he's the guy who went on CNN and they're like, you think there's no pandemic? He's like, there's no pandemic. What is a pandemic? Long pause. He doesn't know. How but do, he insists. How do reporters that, not do that more frequently? I know. She, the, the, the like, CNN reporter was great. Because it's such a fucking slam she just dunk. kept going on that question. Like, well, you are the one saying there's no pandemic. Just define to me, yeah. for me, what a pandemic is. What are you is. saying is not happening. And he's like, I don't know, but there isn't one. Aha. Right. Yeah. Okay, anyway, that's that guy. Yeah. He's horrible. Uh, he yelled out a new rule this week. Oh, by the way, last month he said he was going to sue CNN oh. and other places because CNN aired a report a month ago where they interviewed the family of a church member who died because he listened to Greg Locke, didn't take COVID seriously, <gasps> then died of COVID. Oh, and the CNN's no. reporters spoke to the family and they're like, this is tearing us apart because we're, we want to blame this guy. That's, we know why he died. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the family's like, nope, we're still going to church with this guy. And so whatever. This week, uh, he said uh, he's going mean, to sue listen, CNN over this. People, people pick their pastors over their children all the time. Yeah. Like, we should not be surprised um, by this. Locke said he's going to sue CNN and Newsweek and a Christian website for defamation. A Christian website? Yeah, uh, they don't like him. But for, for yeah. repeating that. Why? He all sounds this, great. But uh, he has not filed anything. And every time I ask him about <laughs> it, uh, I'm like, hey, where, when's that lawsuit getting filed, buddy? And then he does not respond. Why? Uh, he he sounds really excited. Yeah. Anyway, he uh, has a new rule in his church this week. He has a new rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is that if you wear a mask, you have to leave. Yep. Sounds like cancel culture. <laughs> he said, don't believe this Delta variant nonsense. Stop it. Stop it. If they go through round two and you start showing up all these masks and all this nonsense, I will ask you to leave. I am not playing these Democrat games up in this church. Up in this church? Unquote. I love when they use AAVE and hate <laughs> black people. Oh, I he love when they, I love when they appropriate black culture and then are like, they're all lazy and have contributed nothing. Like, I don't know, sir, your entire speech pattern seems to be based off the entire the American black community. But go off, I guess. Yeah. That's the weird thing. Like with people like him, mm-hmm. he is explicitly not racist. He just supports all those racist policies. So like this guy has been fervently against what he thinks uh, critical race theory is. How do you feel about BLM? Uh, Oh, you'll never guess what he thought about BLM. Pro? (laughs) (laughs) No, but he's like, we have all kinds in my church. Sure. But he speaks like, 
I think he doesn't act when he's speaking. That's my vibe. That's my impression. Like a where Colbert character yeah like he puts on a show Mm -hmm. for the people and the latest part of his show is if you're wearing a mask i'm kicking you out because how dare you play along with this sham but also this is the same guy who said i don't have to wear a mask because personal responsibility i get to choose whether or not i wear a mask how dare you issue a mask mandate and now when they're like you should probably wear a mask again because there's a new variant that's pretty dangerous he's like nope I get to decide you don't get to wear a mask. The same people who are for freedom and personal choices like a minute ago mm-hmm. are like, mm, nope, I get to decide for you now. In my church, no yeah. one gets to wear a mask. I don't care what the reason is. Jesus. Like, like uh... the same people who denied the pandemic ever existed are now making the pandemic worse. And look, I'm pointing him out, not because he leads a mega church, he leads like a random small cluster of a church. Mm-hmm. But also these people live in a community in Tennessee where it's not good with vaccinations and these people are going to go out and infect other people. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. How many, I mean, I've said this before, what does the body count have to be for any of these people to care about any of this? I, I genuinely... 600,000 deaths in America hasn't done but it. But they simply don't believe it. That is the problem. They simply choose they they see whatever they see online and they if it doesn't like completely line up with what they want to hear they're like "Mm, fake news bye (sighs) let's call it i'm done okay i can't do this anymore Um, oh where do we find you tell you can find me on twitter at jess bloomke i do want to say ahmed we've been talking about like kids there are things to do to entertain your your kids who apparently need to be entertained all the time like nerds Uh uh-huh um, I went to the Ren Fair in Bristol in Wisconsin. Have you ever been? No, but I know what you're talking about. It was genuinely maybe the best day of my entire <laughs> life. It was so much fun. Everybody's like... I saw your pictures from there. They looked awesome. Uh, my friend, I went with my friend Anne and, and some of her family members, and she brought me a little tiara, and then I bought one, and I was just wearing a crap. It was... The best day. I drank Coors Light out of a can all day. And like, hey, guess what I'm really good at? Fucking throwing knives. There's a booth where you throw (laughs) knives and nobody could get theirs to stick. And I got my first two in a row and strangers cheered for me. This is what happens when you listen to true crime podcasts. I'm very good at it. Just like, do you remember when you told me I was going to be bad at throwing axes and I'm fucking great at that shit too? (laughs) I would have been a real good shield maiden or something. Congrats. Anyway, where can we find you? (laughs) Whatever. Where can I, find you on Twitter? I am at Hammond Meta on Twitter. Go to friendlyatheist.com. Go to patreon.com slash friendlyatheistpodcast. And uh, we'll figure out something to do next week. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure something out. Also, I want to thank everybody who reached out after uh, last week. There were many, many of you, and I did not respond to everybody because, I don't know, talking a lot about your rape to strangers is pretty fucking tricky. But anyway, but I really appreciate you all uh, out reaching out and, and uh, supporting me and comforting me and... Um, it means a lot, and we have a really good listenership that I um, I appreciate when shit's rough. You can always email us at friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail.com. I will see some of you, many of you, in Denver on August 5th. Dottie will be there, too. I have to go pick her up. She's getting groomed. Have That's fun. all I have. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>